0: Out of the infinite choices you have, I'm honored you've decided to press play. With gratitude and humility, welcome to the Top Brand Builders. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special guest today, Mark Pasternak. He is a corporate filmmaker, uh, founder, co-founder of the video community. Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Danny. Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Um, Just... Lay lay out a typical day. It seems like you got a lot going on. You have uh, a family. Kind of just introduce yourself to the audience. What's a typical day in uh, in the life of Mark look like? And and what are you focused on these days?
1: Yeah, for sure. So I've had a lot going on in the last like five or ten years of my life, but we've got I've got uh, um, four kids now. We just had a baby like two weeks ago, mm-hmm. so our Congrats. fourth kid. So we got three girls and a boy. Um, so we we uh, spend a lot of time with our family. Uh, but my wife owns her own business I own my own business um, and we kind of just find a way to to make it all work um, so that's kind of like yeah I'm a corporate filmmaker like you said and then I got a startup called the video community um, and then my wife does wedding photography and uh yeah we both work from home um, I mean, that's kind of the background it's kind of the the short and skinny of it yeah how um, long
0: you how long you' been uh a filmmaker
1: been a filmmaker for about 10 years okay um so i i I ran an agency had employees kind of did that whole thing and then went back out on my own a couple years ago and um that's what i've been doing the last like three to four years is kind of like a solopreneur filmmaker Mm -hmm. um and then kind of what what i'm focused on now is the video community so it kind of it kind of came from shutting down my agency and kind of starting on my own and just figuring out, like, hey, what are the gaps in this industry and what, what could really be better, you know? And how could we support really the next generation of filmmakers and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, create a space for them to really understand, flourish, grow, and have a sustainable business at the end of the day? Because uh, I think, like, as an entrepreneur myself and as a family man, it was always like, okay, well, how do I... How do I not even juggle, but like, you know, how, how do I run side by side between all these business goals and ambitions that I have and, you know, family goals and family ambitions that I have? Yeah. Uh, and I didn't really see a lot of examples of that. It was either like go hard in the hard in the paint, you know, as an entrepreneur and like, that's what you do 24 seven, you know, or like, I don't know, I've got a kind of boring desk job and I got some kids and it's like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a way for both of those to... Uh, you know, to to align, but uh, you know, you just got to figure it out. So a lot of a lot of communication.
0: So, okay, that that is something I really am interested in. So as far as trying to live a you know a balanced life, um, what have you figured out about having a family? Because I don't have a family. I'm single. I work crazy hours, weird hours, and there is a part of me that's like, will I be able to put out the same? You know, energy output, create. will I be able to deliver to my clients what they want now um, and what they they know me for if I start diverting energy?
1: I mean, here's the thing, like at the end of the day, I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life, I have more kids than I've ever had in my life, and I'm working the least amount of hours I've ever worked. <laughs>
0: So it's working. Okay,
1: so it's working. <laughs> I'm not saying it's perfect, but but it's certainly working. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's about getting extremely clear with what you want out of your life mm. and what you want out of your business. And then inside your business, who are you going to serve and what's your price point and what's your value? So, you know, I only have probably seven clients, um, you know, but I'll probably do close to $300,000 this year. Um, and I work two to three days a week on that business. So it's like, and, you know, that's not, you know, that's like, it's not really something I advertise to a lot of people, but a lot of people have been asking. So it's like, hey, you know, like this is the truth. And it's not to brag, but it's like, this is totally possible. I'm not, I'm not yeah. making millions of dollars. right? You know, but I do have a very comfortable lifestyle and can support four kids, <laughs> you yeah. know, and like I still have pretty much two days of the week to explore startup ideas, to... I run a lot. Uh, I love you know. I've been getting into golfing this year, and so it's like, what I really found out was we waste a lot of time, man. We waste a lot of time, mm-hmm. and that's just it. Like when I had my agency and employees, and I even had you know one one kid, two kids. I was traveling every other week. It was like once I shut that down and then started kind of my own solopreneur journey, it was like, man, I don't. I don't need to be doing like 80% of what I was doing or what I thought I needed to do to run my business. So really it's like, I mean, going back to the 80 20 rule, but it's like the pandemic showed that too. Um, where I don't, know, I probably had like 10 clients going into bo- right before the pandemic and, and immediately half of them dropped. And then mm-hmm. the other half like quadrupled their business. Cause everybody needed to be online, but it just like, I, I, cut out all the dead weight and they weren't bad clients but like they weren't ideal clients and now it's like i don't take on projects unless it fits as an ideal client where i'm adding a lot of value to their business and they're able to you know really use the services that i offer and it's a true partnership um, yeah i'm am
0: I'm gonna so stop you there because yeah, yeah. I, there's a couple points i want to dive into um from from the goal set. Well, no, let's go back to time wasting. What do you think? What were some of the biggest time wasting activities?
1: Sales and networking.
0: Interesting. No doubt. I mean, like going to
1: events, calling people all the time. Um, a lot of sales activity, I, I think is just completely... It, it, sales activity is number one in your business. And you need to be doing it. But if you don't have a clear strategy on who you're targeting, why you're targeting, and what's the value that you're offering to them, then you're going to strike out all the time, no matter how nice of a person you are, no matter how good of a service you have to offer. If it's not a right fit, you can call 10,000 people, and you're still not going to close a good deal. You might close some deals, but like, they're not going to be the deals that you actually want. Mm. So I think it's getting super clear on understanding not only like who's your demographic uh, from a business standpoint, but also from a people standpoint. Um, like for example for me my demographic I do b2b sales and marketing videos so it's you You don't see a lot of my work you can go to my website but like I'm not on social media half my clients I have to sign a uh a non-disclosure with so I can't even promote half my work mm. wow. um you know so it's kind of it's boring but it's like that's that's kind of my 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 niche and then I, I figured out really it's like 35, 40 to 45, 50 year olds are my demographics. And typically they're women, sometimes they're men, but they all have kids. Mm. Why? Because we really relate. So it's not only like, okay, great on a business side, the value that I can, you know, bring to them fits. Um, I specialize super niche into that B2B world. But then like, just, you know, when somebody hires you, especially in our industry, like we're going to spend a lot of time together. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, do you really want to spend time with them? And do they really want to spend time with you? And so I've just, just kind of found this little niche that like, not only from a business standpoint, it works, but from a personal standpoint, we relate on our
0: passions and our, our kind of like our, our stage in life. So how do you maintain peace of mind knowing that you know, you have some clients in the pipeline. Like, what if somebody says, hey, Mark, you're great. It's nothing personal, but we're done. Like, we can't, we're, we're going to move a different direction. Like, do you, is it just start from scratch? Or how, what has been your sales and marketing approach?
1: It's, honestly, it's been a lot of referrals. Um, it's been mainly, mainly referrals or brand building equity projects is what we call them. Is like going after companies that I know fit my demographic or fit mm. my my business profile, and then I'll find out who's who's in charge there, like who's in the marketing department or who's in the HR department, um, and then I'll send them something of value. So, okay, like here is a great example. Um, I haven't I haven't closed them yet, but like. Because of COVID, our uh, Rumpke is a big like trash and recycling company by us, right? And I just got an email from them and they've been super delayed and it's been awful. And they sent out this email like, hey, we're just like, to be honest with you guys, we're having a really hard time hiring and finding good talent. And so immediately, what do I do? You know, I go to their website, go to their careers page and like, they have some videos, but they're like five, six, seven years old. And they're yeah. really not that compelling. Yeah. So great. Like since a lot of my business is recruitment videos, I reach out, you know, figure out who's their marketing director, who's their head of HR or training and just reach out to them and be like, Hey, you know, I'd, I'd love to help you guys out. I know you're in a pinch. Um, you know, would love to start a, create a relationship with you guys can, you know, I come in and just create a 60 second, very simple uh, recruitment video for you. Complimentary. 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 And, all a lot of those deals have turned into multiple ten thousand dollar deals into a hundred thousand dollar deals by just doing one. You can call it a free video if you want, but it's being very very specific in who you're reaching out to and why you're reaching out to them, and then just doing really good work. Wow. Because in our industry, it's all it's all about like doing good work, but like having that service service mindset of like, hey, I'm here to add. More value to your business, and like, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm here to actually help. I'm not just here to sell and peddle something that may or may not work for you guys. But in my experience, I've been doing this long enough that I know if I can do one video that just, you know, blows it out of the the water, yeah, and they're like, wow, and they get good reactions, and it actually works for their business, then like, that's, you know, that's a year's. Years long partnership. Yeah, probably half my clients I've been with for three or four years now, and it's like that's where I'm getting a lot of my referrals from. That's like consistent business. Um, So you know, it's not the it's not that clients don't drop, but you know, when they do, it's just one client. It's just like it's not the end of the world. Yeah, Um, it's another. Yeah. As
0: far as that sixty second video, like how how does that like, so you go in, you make the video, how do you parlay that into more work or what's yeah. that transition period? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Like? Cause you hear that a lot, but it's like the selling, my selling at least happens on set. That's when I sell. Mm-hmm. And so I outsource a lot. I outsource all my editing. Um, I outsource a lot in my business. But I be on um, you know, I try to be on set as much as possible because that's when you get face time with the client for eight hours or ten hours or four hours, you know. But whatever it is, like that's the time that you can actually create an authentic, real relationship with your client. Actually, understand like who they are. Like actually talk to them about what they like about their job, like what they like about their life, and then understand like, hey, what are their goals? Like what are their business goals? Because if you go into a conversation like. I don't know you, Danny, and I'm trying to pitch you. And it's like, Hey, tell me your business goals. I'm like, okay, now you're just trying to uncover something to sell me.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Versus like, Hey, I'm giving something to you and I'm giving you my time and like, let's get to know each other. And sure. You can do that over coffee meetings. You know, you can do that over phone calls and I've done that, but I've also spent 20 to 30 hours a week doing that and hopefully finding one or two people that might be a client down the road. Whereas, like, the amount of times that I've closed a deal by doing a free 60-second video versus uh, not not having more work after that video, it's, like, it's it's over 70% of the time that I'll get a call back. Well, wow. So, you're, like, you're on set, and then, you know, you start talking to them about where their business is headed, and it's, like, don't say what's already understood, right? That's, like... That's a big sales lesson I learned. Like people are smart and intelligible. Mm -hmm. And if you're there talking to them, more chances than not, they know that you want you, they know that you want their business. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) it's like, just get to know them, just get to know them, ask, ask them questions, you know, learn about their life and then see where, see where it can go. Um, I mean, there's times when I bid that I I did it for an advertising agency, made them a brand video, never have done work with them, but almost every year for the past four or five years, they've referred over $50,000 worth of work like year over year over year. So it's like, you really got to have a long term view, I think on sales and building a business and building referrals. It's like, it's not about the short term sale. It's about like leaving little nuggets along the way. Um, and you know, obviously you can't be doing this all the time, but like, if you're struggling for work, that's, that's what I would say. That's what I would recommend to do. Plus then you have a portfolio piece too. You know, you've got something else that you can go pitch somebody with.
0: Posting content on LinkedIn is one of the highest leveraged business development strategies that you can do today. If you desire more inbound leads rather than outbound sales calls, reach out at greenmedia.net. Now back to the show. When you talk about an ideal client, what are some of the characteristics or qualities that you look for in an ideal an ideal client?
1: Yeah, me, me personally?
0: Yeah, who do you like to spend your time with? or? How- yeah, uh,
1: so for me, I, you know, since I do B2B videos, and most my videos, it's probably like a starting range is like close to 10 grand for a video. So if I'm thinking, okay, why would somebody spend like 5 to 10 grand with me on one video? Okay, well it's probably to help them close a pretty big deal, right? And so I'm looking for clients who their sales team is they have a very high average deal size. So it's in the, you know, at least $100,000 cuz that's 5 to 10% of your sale. And you know, maybe you'll you'll sell more than one thing with a video, but like at least you know, it's like okay, five percent. That's still pretty high to to have a marketing cost to, but it's like that's a starting point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I I look for people who who are are doing at least like 10, 10 million or plus in revenue, and then I like get granular and see like, hey, what are they selling? How much is that sell for? And then what are they producing? Like their marketing material. What's it look like? Is it you know, is it just a PDF? Is it just, you know, is it a video, but is it a video from like 10 years ago? And then, you know, I think like, Hey, can I actually add value here? If I reach out to them and I pitch them, let's like take away the spec work for a second, spec work or not. Like if I were to give them a video, is that actually going to help them sell more of what they're trying to sell? And if the answer is yes, then it's like, great. They're a perfect client. Whereas, like, I just had a call last week with somebody and they keep talking down the video project. They're like, oh, yeah, we want to do six videos and, you know, all this stuff. And, okay, I give them a quote and it's like 20-some thousand dollars. And I'm like, well, uh, how do we do, like, half of that? You know, and great. We get it down to, like, just under 10. And it's like, again, like, I asked them throughout the whole process, like, what's the purpose of this video? Yeah. And for them, it was all just brand awareness, and brand awareness is fine if you're a big enough company with big enough budgets that you literally just need to get your brand out there. Mm. But if you're a small business, brand awareness has zero ROI, at yeah. least on the, like, unless you have a way to track it. Right. zero. So it's like, yeah, wh- why would you spend 10 grand with me when you could probably get 10 times the amount of deliverables from, you know, a, a, a beginner filmmaker? And yes, it might be, you know, a lower quality of work, but... But you don't have a direct ROI. So I guess, like, short answer, you know, I'm looking for businesses that have a, a direct ROI on video. Um, so that's my secret sauce, man. I'm giving you all my secrets. Thanks for
0: sharing that. That's that's huge. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but, like, I don't want it to be a secret. I, I want filmmakers to understand the sales side. And it's like, if you don't understand your client, then it's going to be really hard to build a business out of it.
0: Yeah. And that, that's part of what I love about you, man. Like on uh, the Ryan Coral's podcast, you, you just were open and it seems like this spirit of uh, generosity with um, e- even starting the video community. So w- tying into that, how do you maintain a mindset of abundance? Because mm. it's it's tough to me. I don't know. It's tough. But I hear people talk about it all the time and I try, but it's something that like is continuously a... Uh, And you know effort.
1: It is. It's a daily choice. It's a daily Hmm. choice and when when you wake up. And I mean I'm I'm lucky I got I got four small little mouths to feed every day when I wake up. You know, four four just awesome kids that rely on me. And it's like, okay, great. I can wake up and it's like I've got to a point in my life it's not about the money. The money's great and the money allows you to expand your impact. It allows you to expand your, your lifestyle and you know, things that you enjoy to do and it's very important, but like I wake up and it's like, okay, I'm either gonna give my kids more stress to deal with in their life or I'm gonna give my kids more more gratitude and more abundance to deal with and it's like think about yourself as a you know five six, seven year old kid like what would you rather have like a really stressful home <laughs> or one that's full of of like gratitude and and abundance and and like exploratory environment, you know. Um, you know, and I think like we, we all come from different backgrounds and, um, so I, yeah, I think for me it goes beyond just like business abundance, which is, it's very real, but it's like, man, I got four kids to shape their future. I got four kids to teach how to, how to like be happy in this life. Cause there's so many people that are just unhappy with their life. And that's like there's one thing I want to leave behind for my kids or for anybody that I do work for. It's just like life doesn't have to be unhappy. You don't have to be unhappy, but it's a choice. And most people unfortunately, they choose it. Um, you know, so like practical steps for abundance, like I try to I try to be active every day, whether it's running, whether it's just like simple push-ups in the morning, whether it's like going to the driving range. I like to be active and then choose like one thing that I want to do for me that just like makes me happy. Um because that it just puts me in the right place every day yeah. to be like, oh man, I like I really enjoy this. It sounds silly, but like man, I really enjoy being alive. Yeah. And then like <laughs> how can I <laughs> how can I pass that on to other people? Yeah. But you know, it starts with the inspiration to my kids and my wife, but
0: I love uh, that. Yeah. Um, how much I've wondered this about you and how much of your current life, kids, family, business, how much of it was something that you envisioned and then kind of went after in a step-by-step process? Or is it, <laughs> like how, or did it unfold organically? Or how did this all, you know, how do you find yourself where you are right now?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I, I always knew I, I, I wanted a family, that's no doubt. And I always knew I also like wanted to have the freedom of owning my own business. Um, I think I'm like just getting to that stage in life where I'm like, "Mm, okay, like I almost have a lot of things that I thought about having as a kid, but like what's next and how do I get more clear on it? Um, because I, I wouldn't say like, oh, everything's been perfect. Like it's not the way I imagined (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think I had, I don't think I had a really clear like imagination of like, okay, this is step one, step two, step three, step four. Like it's been, it's been wild. Like I got, I got married three weeks after I graduated college. We moved to Nashville with no jobs. I built a studio from scratch, like literally with my hands. Wow. Started an artist development company. That's what I thought I was going to do. Cause I went to school for audio engineering and music. Okay. And, uh, then realized like I care way more than the people I'm trying to develop so this isn't very sustainable and then I got a corporate video gig with uh, Kroger it's like essentially being their in-house video team and that that started my first company first like official company Um, you know and I thought oh that this is it like okay you know this agency's definitely gonna be the one that I'm gonna like build and grow and build all their businesses off of, and then you know that had a good run for like four or five years, but uh you know that ended, and had kids all throughout that it's just been it's been nuts like i i don't have a I don't have an answer for you like that's kind of the short just to give people a background, but like it's been a lot of accepting dark. Moments, accepting hard, 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 uh, hard periods of life and deciding to be, to go back to it, deciding to be abundant in those times and grateful during those times rather than complacency and Mm. just being comfortable in it because man, it could, it's so easy to be comfortable, especially now with four kids and like, you know, um, a pretty decent job that I have and control my own schedule. It's like, all right, I could just, I could probably just chill here, but I get really grumpy, really bored, you know, and like just, I'm not a fun person to be around when when I get complacent. Yeah. So I don't know to to answer your question, like yes and no. Like I always wanted to own my own business, and I always wanted a family.
0: Yeah, some broad and goals, and then now some broad goals, yeah. and and
1: it 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 happened. Yeah, man. <laughs> it's crazy, uh, but so now i'm trying to get a lot more clear
0: pulling yourself out of those dark moments when mm-hmm. i i yeah I, we don't have to go into whatever they were but every, we all have them oh you we know. can go yeah like how how do you do it Would like because i think so many people um they do get into these funks and that you can if you don't recognize and start spiraling down it can really derail quite a bit of time and so what, what worked for mm. you
1: Mm. It can derail a lot of time, for sure. Like there's times when there's times when it's quick, but then there's times like so it's I shut down my agency, Jump Goat Media, 'cause I was I didn't know what I was doing, man. I had, like mm. seven or eight employees and we had two or three locations and like it was going fine, but this is my first business. Like, I had no idea what an ideal client was. I had no mm. idea how to manage people or how to build a sales team, any <laughs> of that, like I was just flying by the seat of my pants and like <laughs> I my my employees only realized that like when I had to shut everything down. But I was like, man, these people like you know, trusted me and it's like obviously mm. I was like trying to be a good person and um and whatnot. Like I'm you know, I'm not I but that's the thing, I don't think anybody knows, right? But like that that was a big that was a big dark moment for me shutting that mm. down and then just trying to figure out like so much of my identity was wrapped up in, in having this agency and, and growing it. And, you know, I don't even know what I was trying to prove anymore, but it was just like, it just got to a place that was like, man, this is like, I'm, I'm super depressed, super anxious. I've got two kids, like young babies at home and I'm traveling every other week. And like, I just looked awful. Like I gained a mm. lot of weight and was just like really unhappy and my marriage wasn't great and it was just like it was a really dark time and I was like something's got to change and
0: how long, I shut long was it that, dark for like six my six months a year oh like? no
1: I mean I should have shut it down like a year and a half before I did so I didn't even realize like I was probably depressed or anxious and uh, just wigging out for like a year and a half <laughs> <laughs> and I was in debt all this stuff like oh, man. ended up you know like firing a bunch of people had one employee left. And then we did like really great next six months and, and got back to even and whatnot. Um, but then like, just, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I got to shut it down. And then like you know, so that was a year and a half of hard, hard time. And then it probably took another year and a half to two years. So that's like three and a half years, man, of like a really dark, just dark low in, in the journey. um, Mm but you know i i always i always say like most if if not all of my like greatest success like maybe not even successes but like my greatest passions have come from the lowest points of my journey so like i'll i'll never forget it sitting down at a coffee shop and just like writing reflecting i mean that's another huge thing journaling just like Really diving into who you are, what you want, your experience, what you're feeling, why you're feeling that, and being totally comfortable with that. That was really, really difficult. But I was like sitting down just journaling like, man, what do I want? And I was just writing down different things about friendships, about like working with people, inspiring people, teaching people business, you know, a lot of these different things. And that's like, that's how the video community was born. Hmm. It was like, I I was kept going back to like two of my best friends and I was like, man, I want to spend more time with them. And they don't live in Ohio. One's in, one's in Annapolis. Um, the other one's in LA, you know, but it's like, well, what can we do together that would have a great impact to help people who might be, you know, who, yeah, who might be on a low, low part of their journey, but they might not, you know, it's not about just, you know, being lower or, or you're being high and you're in your journey but it's just it, it's really like man how can we come together and and really create a, a a sustainable community where people can have the resources the mentorship the guidance to get out of these low moments or create even higher and higher moments in on their business journey cuz i mean I, I felt like when i was in my dark time you know, I didn't really have anybody in this community of filmmakers who've been through it before. And I know they're out there, but like, it just wasn't accessible to me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, I had other business mentors and, and that was great. But it's like, there's always that like, there's always that like side of a creative for like, you got the business side, but then you also have the creative side. Exactly. And you're like, man, how do I, how do I mix these two together? And, uh and that's when we we're like, well, guys, like, I don't know, let's try to do something. And we all, you know, we came up with like, well, let's start a podcast. And let's start a company called The Video Community. And then we started a podcast called The Ambitious Filmmaker. Because that, you know, that's really what we want to embody is like even in those low times of your journey, you can still be an ambitious person. You still are, like your identity doesn't go away when you're in a low time or a high time. Your identity is the same exact. It's just what you choose. Because you can't always choose... How long you're in a low time or how long you're in a high time. But you can go back to choose every single day whether you want to live in abundance and gratitude or whether you just want to sit there. And that's a choice. But we can't always control like what goes on around us, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like having babies. Now we have four of them. Like every baby's different. Every some babies are gonna give you sleep, some are just gonna be up all night screaming. <laughs> and it's like you can't like you can't control that. You really can't. And it doesn't mean it doesn't have a, a negative or positive effect on you, but but you can control your attitude and the way that you go about it. So I mean that's kind of our whole goal with the video community and the you know, the ambitious filmmaker podcast and some other, other services we're about to launch. You know, it's just like be a community to empower filmmakers to grow their business in a really sustainable way by just creating a lot of mentorship, pulling the 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 curtain behind all these trade secrets, you know, that people right. don't, they don't really want, like, they don't want to discuss. I don't know why, but like, I, I have a lot of reasons why, but like, you know, I, that's why I just want to be open and it's like, listen, you can have a family and you can be a business owner. You can make a six figure income and not work crazy hours, but there are certain strategies, you know, that, that will help you get there a lot, a lot quicker mm. and, and to be more sustainable.
0: That sounds too good to be true. <laughs> <laughs> but I know it's attainable. It's not. What it's um a- what what do you think are the biggest sacrifices that somebody has to make to have what you just said?
1: You know, I Okay, a couple things. The Yes, we have to sacrifice things but I like to look at it more in the other way of what do you love to do and what are your passions? Because you can sacrifice a lot of things, but if you don't understand where you're going and why you're going there and how, th- how that makes you feel, then you could just be sacrificing your whole life, but you're not you're not going towards your passion. You're not going towards what you love to do. And so your sacrifice, it, it's not for naught, but it, it's just not, it's its not the way that, that I look at it. You know, I, I know everybody's got a different way about it, but it's like, what are you really passionate about? And what are you going to do even when you wake up and you don't feel like doing it? Because like, I don't, I don't, you know, it's like, I don't wake up every day feeling awesome and jazzed and excited but i know if i go on a run i'm gonna be fired up Mm -hmm. because like that's what i love to do or like if i get to go to the driving range in the middle of the day right now i'm like "Mm, that's awesome it's gonna help me do you know afternoon stuff or like you find what you love both from a business standpoint and a personal standpoint and then just double down on those i mean that's when my business like three and a half years ago really started to explode it was like I stopped doing a lot of activities that I thought were sacrificing mm. and I started doing more activities to explore my passions and my gifts and things that just made me come alive. And if like you're having a hard time figuring out what makes you come alive, like go ask the people around you. Mm. Cuz they'll know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And it might seem weird and strange, but like just ask them like, "Hey, what makes me come alive? Like you know me best" or like, "You've seen me you know, over the last couple of years or you've done a lot of activities with me or heck you're my mom, you're my dad, like, <laughs> and then just start opinion. like, just start doubling down on that and do it for three months. Mm-hmm. You don't, it doesn't even have to be that long, but I, I think you'll see like, there'll be a lot more joy in your life. There'll be a lot more happiness. And you know, I'm not saying you can get to four kids and six figure income overnight. It, it takes time, <laughs> <laughs> but like, it's totally doable. Yeah. Um, You just oftentimes have to run away from what other people expect of you or whatever, you know, what everybody else is saying that you should do and do the opposite.
0: Hmm. That was a question I had for you, but I want to ask something else. Um, Actually, I want to say something. Sorry. What you just said makes so much sense. And that's something that's, I've, Uh, come to realize is that you can subtract and subtract and subtract these bad habits or sacrifices or whatever you want but you keep subtracting and you're not going to have anything and so you have to like there's the the old saying addition by subtraction but you can actually flip that to subtraction by addition you just start adding more in and that those priorities push out whatever, um, is no longer, you know, at the priority list anyways. Um, sometimes exactly.
1: And, it, yeah. and it's like asking like, you know, well, why haven't I done that before? Right? Like this picture behind me, it's from a ultra marathon race. I helped a friend do a 240 mile race. Wow. And you know, I, I just, I, I crewed him and paced him like 35 miles of it. But like, it was like one of the first times like I really got back into running and I was like, well, why haven't I ran more than 12 miles? Why? Like wh- what's been stopping me? Who's been telling me that's crazy? And then I started running 20. And then last year I did 250Ks, which so is 31 miles. Mm. You know, and then you just like your brain just starts to open up and you're just like, why? Like, why haven't I done that before? You know, we're like, hey, I've always wanted to golf, but why haven't I done that? Well, I can do that now because like we we could we could do what we want nobody's holding us us back from anything um but in 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 the majority of of people who have a you know full-time job it's like man that's a lot of restriction right there it's a lot of restriction to do activities that that you love and and spend time with your family and create your own schedule and you know don't get me wrong like it takes a lot of discipline but we're we're in control I guess is is what I'm what i'm trying to get at
0: yeah yeah there's something about runners man there's just something about runners i don't know i i'm there's it's like that that's discipline that you you it's a i, I think it's a, a um an analogy really for life like you force yourself to go do something that's kind of repetitive and painful for a while but then you get done and you have this amazing runner's high and like you, you see cool things along the way and you get you get good thoughts and like You know, you don't always want to do it, but you never regret doing it.
1: No. And, you know, there's no reward for it except for inside. Like, Mm. so I I think that's why a lot of us runners are like addicted to this thing, because like it's one thing that like it's not about anyone out like no, nobody's like, oh, man, like here's, you know, here's a hundred thousand dollars for running this ultra marathon. Like prizes for ultra marathons are like here's a belt buckle. Good (laughs) job, kid. Like you just put your body through hell, you know, but it's like, it's that internal voice. It's that internal confidence. It's that, that like internal, this has no worldly value. Like it's a very spiritual practice. I think like Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of these ultra runners, like, and it's, it's just, it's super, super freeing in that way because it's, it's got no attachment to other people's thoughts or opinions. And you're just able to like walk into, you know, what what you want to do and, and go for it.
0: So to switch gears a little bit, um, what's your interview process look like or what uh, as far as preparing for an interview or what, what have you learned from um, really going deep with somebody on a, you know, a regular basis?
1: Interviews should be well uh, way more prepared than they seem naturally when when you see it on camera so i think learning yes learning about someone but like okay i going back to the videos that i create it's all maybe not all but like 95 percent are like real people interview kind of like mini doc cinematic style videos it's kind of what i create um and so we script the video without scripting it so we do a lot of work with the marketing team, you know or the client side team, before we even get to the interview of like who's interviewing, why are they being interviewed, and what are the main points that we want to get out of them? And so when you know when we're making a ninety second video, it's not like it's not like there's a lot of time mm-hmm. to to get you know a huge backstory from somebody. But if we know the two to three points that we want to get from each person, so let's say there's three people in a ninety second video, each person only has thirty seconds, but what that allows me to do is the interviewer is like, okay, I, I know that I'm gonna I'm gonna sprinkle in questions before and after to the actual questions that I want mm. answered to. So that way, it's like we can kind of just create buy in the first five to ten minutes and be like, I'm a human, you're a human, let's try to figure out how can we connect in this interview, and then I'm gonna start asking you questions that I actually want your answered and then re-ask questions if I'm not getting the actual answer that I want, and then, you know, just kind of go back into more about them and, and about their company. Um, it's kind of my process. It's pretty simple, but, uh, you know, I, I I try to be very conversational with the interviews and not make it feel like not make it feel like it's super scripted, but behind the scenes, it's very
0: well prepared.
1: Mm. And we know what we want to get out of
0: them. Going back to when you were running Jump Goat and you brought on some sales guys and uh, really added rocket fuel to the business. I'm curious, looking back, what would you have done differently um, to make Jump Goat work? Mm.
1: Two things there. To make Jump Goat work, um, I would have, you know, would have had a bigger vision and a, a vision that aligned with my life as well. You know, I think for Jump Goat it was like, let's just be the biggest video production company that we can be. Uh, So I think right right then and there, no matter what I did with sales, the vision wasn't completely clear and it, I didn't have a clear understanding of, of where I wanted to take it. So I, I think I got to a point and I was like, Oh wow, this is bigger than I ever thought than I ever thought it would get to. You know, and it's like, well, then what? And so if you don't create that vision for the future of where you're taking it and how you're gonna get there, then it doesn't matter how many sales you have. Like it it's gonna be really hard to to weather the storms when you don't mm-hmm. have a clear vision. Um but I, I, I definitely think when I was building a sales team if if we would have niched down and understood exactly who we were serving, we would have been a lot more successful. Because mm. the, you know, I, I think I shared on the other podcast, like one year we went from like, I don't know, like 12 or 15 clients to just over a hundred clients. Because I hired two BD guys and like, we just went ham. Like we went hard in the paint and it was like, wow, we have a lot of clients, but they're all like, one to three thousand dollar clients, small businesses, unsustainable, high maintenance, extremely high maintenance, mm. and I think like we 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 lost like seventy or eighty percent of them. <laughs> and it's like, well, this is it, 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 they seem great, but like, oh, it's a great win to close. It feels great to close someone, but you know what? It's adding a ton of stress onto your team and a ton of stress. Just onto your entire business process, then it takes away from those bigger clients who are actual ideal clients and you can't you can't service them to the degree that you want to service them because you're dealing with all these fires that are actually really small fires that shouldn't have ever been a fire in the first place. You know, like they, they all should have been a no. So I think if I were to focus on like, this is our ideal clients and they have to meet this criteria. Yeah, it might've been a slower build, so to speak, but uh, it would have been a faster faster growth long
0: term. Mm. So like I heard you talk about this concept of growing the business and it's just really more of a a treadmill, like, yeah, we're getting, we're taking on more clients, but I got more people to pay and all this stuff. So I guess just to process it myself, are, would you say to grow a bigger agency, you need to continuously grow the size of your deals, like in proportion, like you can't be taken on the same deal size when you have two employees versus five employees, or is there like a threshold of some sort or... I think you could
1: man Like some of the deal sizes I'm taking on now I'm like I Back when I had a team Of seven or eight people Like we weren't taking On these deal sizes mm-hmm. I, I don't know how long Like they'll last But like it, The client doesn't need to know How big your team is Or not big your team is Like I've got more contractors now Than I had employees back then mm-hmm. You know So it's like uh, it, This is a great example Like I A week before our baby was due So like three weeks ago I was like Preparing to shut down For two weeks Right Like closing up all my, all my projects, like making sure I had like one guy on, on a couple, couple just like emails and, and edits that were going by. But then like literally that, like there was like a two day span. I had like five new clients come on board and call and they all wanted projects the next week. So I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to say no. (laughs) Right. But I like, so I had five crews out that next week, like the week that I was MIA because I was having a baby. And so I, I guess like that that's I that, all that to say is like you don't need employees to prove to your clients that you can do the work. Mm-hmm. Employees aren't bad, but that's a bigger conversation. Like you should only take on employees if you know you have repeatable business where you can sustainably pay those employees. You know, and 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 calculate the high times and the low times and make sure that, that it can be sustainable for the business versus contractors are great you might pay a little bit more per project but you never have to pay them again Mm. you know so you can kind of scale and grow a little bit more until until you really are at that point that you're like okay i've got consistent enough income that it'd be it'd be more smart to have a consistent person dealing with clients than contractors
0: interesting so the contractors i mean having five crews you've got a You've got a whole database of contractors, then,
1: yeah, oh yeah, for sure, and I mean, that's like it kind of like that and, and the video community have kind of all coincided mm. and and have kind of worked out really nicely because it's like, man, we've connected with some of these awesome top level filmmakers who are just yeah. like crush in their business, and you know they're expensive, but they're super reliable, and I think it, it's hard to find reliable people in our industry and when you do it's like I'll pay them anything because I know like I'm charging a premium price for for my service and my clients expect you know a, a premium service and a premium product um, so that's not that's not really I love that. You know it's it's not an issue price isn't an issue when you find really good people and then like to second that I think it, it's a focus on finding sustainable clients clients that, that you do really good work and they just keep coming back and making yourself invaluable
0: mark um just a couple last questions kind of quick fires to uh to round this out i appreciate all the information and your time you've been crushing it man thank you a lot of value um if you were to write a book what kind of book would you write or what would it be about Ooh,
1: I, I'll just go off the theme I've been I've been like grooving on the last couple of weeks. Like live like you're on vacation. Like live live your life like like you're on vacation. And I understand you can't always control the weather, and there's got winters, especially where you live and where I live. But like, what would you do on vacation? And why aren't you doing that now? And how how do you how do you close that gap more and more every single day? Because I'll tell you like. You can be flying across the country and having bougie dinners and drinking nice, you know, wine and having a million dollars and all this stuff, but like if that's not your measure of success, your measure of like real, true happiness of living, like you're on vacation, then you're gonna be really unhappy. You're you're just not gonna find the success that 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 you're looking for as a human being. So live like you're on vacation and figure out what that looks like to you and. Do more of that.
0: For somebody like myself that's single, I want to know how did you know your wife was the one, and what, what advice would you give to somebody that uh, like an ambitious filmmaker that mm-hmm. like how how does your partnership work? From a you have this family responsibility, but you also have these career ambitions. Um, I guess any words of wisdom for myself.
1: (laughs) Communication, man, over communicate. Like it's going to get messy and it's going to get messy quick. You know, like you meet somebody the first three months. It's like, Oh, this is sweet. This is honeymoon. Like maybe six months, maybe a year. I don't know. But like there, there's going to hit a point where it's like, Oh shit. (laughs) Like that's what you do under stress. Mm. Oh man. (laughs) And everybody be lying. If they're like, all right, what do you mean? I'm like, Come on, we all look at each other like when somebody's under stress, like that's when all the judgment comes out, that's when all the doubt comes out, that's when all the like this ain't going to work. So, you know, I I just I guess I would challenge people when that comes out instead of that, think about communication, think about like is this really like it's a choice again, like do you want this future with this person? If the answer is yes, then let's stop judging each other. And let's start thinking okay this didn't go out like this situation didn't go well expectations were clearly not set correctly and let's figure out like okay you know if like let's say Nicole planned something for me and I had a work gig that I didn't communicate about and it was like oh sorry babe like I'm I I got to be out of town Tuesday through Thursday you know she's going to be upset you know She might yell, she might you know, show her emotions. That's totally fine. But like, okay, do we want this to work? Okay, if the answer is yes, then it's like, okay, next time this comes up, what can I do? How can I, you know, like, how can I, what can I do differently to let you know? Oh, we can share a Google Calendar. Mm. Oh, we can talk before you book your flight. Oh, okay, like would that make you feel better? Yeah. Like, because most, most time it's not about like, well, I don't want to, you're not allowed to do this. Well, you're not allowed to do this. Like I hear that a lot in, in marriages, especially ones with kids. And it's like, well, no, 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 no. Like that, that's an excuse. So instead of finding excuses, like, let's look for like back to abundance. Like, let, let's look for opportunities. Let's look for, you know, what is it, what is it that that we could do differently next time? And how can we over communicate that to each other? Mm. I think that's a big one. We don't like to communicate as humans. It's not it's it's not our favorite thing. I mean, maybe we do, but I I think that's a big challenge. It's messy. Um, Sometimes it's just messy. It's messy. Yeah. And that's the thing, like no matter who how successful you are, no matter who it is, I'm sure that you interview like if somebody says they have it all together, like No, they don't. Right. Nobody has it together. Like you know, it's it's not this like graph of up and down. It's like Man, you want to know the truth? It's like, you, you've got graphs for your business. You've got graphs for your life. You've got graphs for your exercise. You've got, you know, like, you've got these, like, graphs for every part of your life, but they're all together. And it's very rare that every single part of that graph is going together. Mm-hmm. It's like, when one section's up, the other section's down, and vice versa. And it's just, like, understanding understanding which part's down and how can I make that one better. And it's the same in a relationship. Like, Sometimes, sometimes one thing's going to be really great in your relationship and something else isn't. And then it's just focusing your attention to communicate about what's not great and deciding and deciding to make it work Mm -hmm. because it's like, it's a choice every day that you wake up. Like it's a choice that like I choose. Yes. I like have feelings and emotions for my wife, but like I choose every morning to wake up and love her and forgive her you know, and, and be there for her regardless of the situation. And that's that's hard to do. But that's, that's how I think you really make a thriving relationship
0: Man, in that, business or in life. That's huge. Thank you so much for that. I got one last question before we end things, but I uh, just want to say it's been an, an absolute pleasure and thank you so much for all the value. Um, what's one thing... So you've taken this journey, you know, you've gone through the ups and downs, entrepreneur, all, all, the, all your whole journey. What's something that you've learned along the way that you just want to share with the audience as, as parting words? Find
1: a community of people who will always uplift you and who are doing things slightly better than you. Don't be the best person in the room. Like always, surround yourself with people who who are at the next level, the next level that where you want to be, because that that'll that'll force you to that'll force you to grow and that'll force you to get there. And then always look back and pull up those people behind you. And that's like I th- I think that's a, it's just a great recipe for for success and
0: for happiness in business and in life. Amen. Mark Pasternak. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for listening. If your business needs help with content marketing, photo, video, podcast, reach out at greenmedia.net. Until next time, remember, ain't nothing to it but to do it.